0: Today, around 3 p.m. Central Time, in the middle of a bowl of cotton, a hat of gold. And right there, 32.77 degrees North, 96.75 degrees West. On that spot, the epicenter of college football. It all revolves around that piece, priceless real estate. This is that game. This is the American game. This game causes tectonic plates to shift under the sport. It's not just one game on one Saturday. It's every game on every Saturday. Tradition. Rivalry, marching band, mascots, drama, passion. And that's all before kickoff. And then it's Barry and Fred and Mac and Bob and Baker and Colt and Vince and Kyler and Rocky and Ricky and Danny and Quinn and Sark and BV. You can take all the other cups and buckets and rivalry trophies and stuff them all in Big Texas boot. This is the one that spins the sport. Technology changes. Hairstyles change. Politicians change. The number of planets change. Coaches, quarterbacks, playoff formats, conferences change. But this, this you can depend on. This is the cornerstone of college football. OU Texas never changes. It is resplendent. It is glorious. It is a work of art. Be honest. If I asked you right now the ages of your children or what year was the moon landing or how many presidents have we had, you'd have to think about it. But I could name any year in your lifetime, and you could tell me who made the biggest play in this game, and where you were sitting when it happened. That's what this day means to you, and your kid, and your dad, and his dad, and his dad. It is a game perfected through generations. And today, we get it again we get that great American game again. Today, undefeated meets undefeated inside a bowl of cotton for the right to wear a hat of gold at the epicenter of college football. Nothing compares to OU Texas. Now he tosses deep downfield, intercepted,
1: Brooks up for the middle. first
0: down and more TV saying goodnight to it'll be Gabriel on the keeper runs over a cyclone touchdown you sit out. it's time for the greatest game in American sports it's the Oklahoma Sooners and the Texas Longhorns the 119th edition of the Red River Round Rack-
1: I feel
2: We them. We Well, he, he doesn't points, does he?
3: Is it bad? If you don't know your kids' ages, but you know that DeMarco Murray made a big play in 2007, according to that scene setter, it's not that bad of a thing. It's yeah.
2: apparently somewhat normal. I think it's more frowned <laughs> upon if you can't recall the uh, the, the famous moments of, of OU Texas, for sure. Hell,
3: you don't know what happened in 1996? Seriously? <laughs> or October 6th. Uh, Parker and I were talking about it today. Uh, October 6th, one heck of a day. For the history of this rivalry, at least on the OU side, Superman play today. I don't know if you remember that one or not. Remember that. Uh, I didn't De-
2: know it was October 6th, though. Yeah,
3: DeMarco hurtled a man 16 years ago today. So. How about that? 22 years ago today, 16 years ago today. So Pretty uh, cool that he's
2: uh, he'll be standing over there on the mm-hmm. sideline, though, right? And uh, he'll be screaming at his running backs, which is <laughs> – <laughs> that's like the new comfort thing for Oklahoma football is seeing DeMarco uh, – Either yelling or just totally dismissive of his, his running back. We need a mic up with DeMarco
3: Murray <laughs> is what it sounds
2: like. Uh, so
3: here's the deal today. Um, yeah, we're talking OU football. We do that in October. We do it in May and August throughout the summer. We're definitely talking about it Friday of OU Texas. Boz is supposed to call us in like the next two minutes. We're supposed oh, to talk to Brian Bosworth about some OU Texas. We'll so uh, – We'll find out if Burn Orange still uh, makes him puke or not. But we get to talk to Boz about once a year, and this is probably the best day of the year to get to talk to, to Brian Bosworth. That's awesome. You remember the first time you you met Boz when you were at OU? Do you recall that time?
2: Well, I think just briefly the 2000 season, um, you know, not I didn't have like any type of extended conversation, but several games that year he was in the locker room after the game, uh, and it was cool. I mean, it's always cool when you see Boz, isn't it? I mean, gosh, he's – it's been so long. I'm trying to do the quick math in my head. I, we're getting close to 40 years since he played at OU, and he's still like the showstopper. He and, he and, it's he be and, he and Baker. Baker. No,
3: it'd be like the spring game when everyone shows up. It's still like, oh my God, Baker's here, and yeah. it's still Boz. Like, there's a lot of players from the '80s that fans in their 20s or they're just in college, like you know, they don't know about necessarily the '70s or the '80s. Boz is really kind of the exception to that. Everyone knows who who Brian Bosworth is and who Brian Bosworth was as a player. So That's it's right. cool. Um, how we feel? Oh, okay. Let's let's go to him now. The legend himself, Brian Bosworth, joins us, which we always appreciate. Um, Bob, I'll, I'll just start here, man. Um, I, I think the OU defense has been fantastic so far throughout the first five games. What, is, what has been your assessment of the OU defense and maybe these linebackers specifically?
1: Very impressive. They've gotten better week to week. They um, they find um, the things that that they are struggling with, and they correct them quickly as opposed to letting panic set in and the wheels start falling off the bus, and then, you know, Katie barred the door. So I'm, I'm really impressed. I think I'm more impressed, really, with the defensive secondary uh, and then the linebacking corps. just simply because of the way the Big 12 uh, is geared toward passing. And we really have done a great job, especially last week, in making the adjustments um, I know those couple of touchdowns were like broken coverages and maybe over-aggressive play. But um, just seeing how they're coming up in space, breaking down, making the sure tackle, um, limiting the yards after catch, uh, it really does um, – it helps in the in the big picture um, compared to what you saw last year. And, and it's permeated through the whole team. You see a lot of energy and – and pursuit to the ball and game tackling. So it's just really refreshing to see that the guys um, are are doing as good a job as they are. But this week they're going to be tested like they haven't been tested so far this year. So I'm I'm looking forward to see how they play. What's been your –
2: I know your relationship with head coach Brent Venables goes back – uh heck a long time probably uh right whenever he accepted the job as the linebacker coach and co-defensive coordinator all the way back in 99 uh what you what was your impression of of him then what do you think about the job that he's done now and what was your first thoughts whenever you knew that he was going to be the next coach at oklahoma
1: um, unpacking all of that, I mean, I was impressed with Brent when he came in. Um, you know, obviously Bob is acute when it comes to the talent that he brought in on his staff, and the results uh, speak for themselves. So, uh, I, I, I got a chance to to be in the locker room um, for two games and during half times when adjustments were were being made, he reminds me an awful lot of uh, my, my coordinator, uh, Gary Gibbs. I mean, just cerebral, um, a perfectionist, um, a master of detail because the details really matter, especially the way the game is played now as these spread offenses, you know, put uh, the defenders in precarious positions. They just want to get them, you know, to a false step or they just need a little bit of, you know of an edge so they can get leverage on them so I think getting um, Brent to come and replace Lincoln and bring back uh, really the the base of what championship football really is I mean you, you cannot win a championship without a defense you can score a lot of points and you can be very exciting on offense but you're just not going to be able to compete when you get against teams that are in the elite status. And I think that's what Brent realized when he got here. He goes, look, the cupboards are bare, and we've got to build it, you know, from the ground up. Um, and it's a buy-in situation. Um, and last year was, you know, was a learning uh, curve for a lot of the guys, and staff included. A lot of those guys aren't on the team right now. And the turnover, um, was remarkable uh, for what he's been able to accomplish through five games. So the guys understand what he says, the words he uses and chooses, they mean something, and they hit and land on their heart, and I think they respect him for that. Two-time Buckus
3: Award winner, 1985 National Champ Brian Bosworth is our guest. And I feel like we've talked to you the past two years, the day before the OU Nebraska game, and we talked about the respect with that rivalry, but – this one's a little bit different, and I'm sure for a guy that played high school football in the state of Texas. So what did this rivalry mean for you as a kid that went to high school in the state and, and playing the Longhorns this weekend every single year?
1: Yeah, it is, it is completely different. This, this is a true love-hate rivalry game. The, the OU-Nebraska game, we respected each other's programs. And it's not that we don't respect Texas's programs. We just hate them. Um, because of the way they, I guess, present themselves. You know, they, they think of us as like those backward country redneck guys that just, like, you know, landed on a field because nobody else wanted us. And, you know, they're the cream of the crop. And, you know, only the, the, the best of the best in, in Texas um, get offered to go to play, you know, for the, the University of, of uh, Texas. So, I mean, I get it. Um, it's great for college football, it's even better for college football when Texas is is strong and Oklahoma is strong, Um, so it was a, it was, um, it was a a deciding factor for me to go to Oklahoma, I mean, there's a lot of myriad of decisions that I had to go through, one keep my promise to my grandfather that I would go play for that little school down the street so he could come watch me play. Little did I know, in 1974, that little street was the University of Oklahoma. But, um, you know, once I became became a fan of Oklahoma and Coach Switzer and just the way they played with the wishbone and they played it with just a hard-nosed edge, um, it was just the epitome. I mean, kind of, you know, it it goes hand-in-hand with, you know, like – Yesterday, the announcement of Dick Buckus, Dick Buck's passing. You know, there are very few people in this in this game that resonate true solid core football, and Oklahoma is one of them. Dick Buckus is one of you just have to say their name and you know that means business. And this rivalry is just so important to college football. And I, you know, it's to me it's emotional. I know it's emotional for guys that you know, lived and played in Texas. It's different for guys that are coming from other parts of the country that really didn't experience, you know, what the OU Texas game meant. Um, It's, you know, but I know that for these guys that are coming in and playing tomorrow, uh, they get it uh, because Brent gets it. He communicates that to them. But more importantly, I think what he really does is he emphasizes Guys, you got to approach this game just like every other game. It, you can't let the moment get too big for you. You've got to block out the noise. Yes, you're going to hear it, but you got to block that out and just play football the way you have been practicing and preparing so that when a mistake does happen, you don't panic, and there is no avalanche. Um, you can recover, and you can win the next play. And that's how you win these rivalry games. you got to... You got to make the fewest mistakes and capitalize on the mistakes
2: that you that you're handed. Well, I don't want this to sound like a compliment or anything, but um, what have, what are your thoughts of Texas? Because it feels like the first time in a long time that they actually made the right hire at head coach.
1: They did, um, and and I think they were forward thinking, knowing that um, the guy that was there before, you know, um, and I don't want to cast any dispersions on him. Um, he he would not have translated in getting the kind of recruits that Texas needs to go into the Southeast conference, um, and then having somebody that has learned under. What we can, I guess, all agree on that uh, Nick Saban is the is the king of the, of the Southeast Conference. Having one of his proteges um, as their head coach it brings instant credibility to the program. Um, he struggled through the first couple of years, but you got to remember it's much like what Brent inherited. He had uh, he had a you know an empty cupboard, and he had to go out and recruit. He's done a fantastic job of recruiting. I think the NIL has helped them tremendously, and the fact that their fan base is. So prolific, um, it allows him to go out and get these guys that otherwise would have leveraged, you know, another team and gone to an Alabama or Georgia or an LSU or Florida, you know, or even Oklahoma or an A&M. So, um, you, and A and M. So that's the nature of the game right now, and you got to have all of those parts and pieces. And the head coach for the University of Texas has accepted that that's the way college football is. Um, I don't know that he's hugged it and embraced it, but he knows that that's part of the fabric of the game. So in order to be competitive, he has to play that game so he gets those players to come and commit and be part of their program.
3: Brian, last question for me, and I, I know I don't have to tell you this, but there are so many things that are sacred to the OU football fan base. Obviously the play on the field, but there are some things as small as the intro video before home games being sacred to this fan base. How much fun has it been for you, which, by the way, I think the overall reception of the of the oh, intro video awesome. this year has been awesome. It's, been, it's been fantastic. You did a great job with that. How much fun was that to do? And to have that, still have that unique connection
1: to this program and to the fan
3: base to be able to do something like that?
1: Well, first and foremost, yeah, mm-hmm. I have to get 100% credit to the social media uh, department at the University of Oklahoma. They are first class. Those guys know how to put stuff together that just makes sense the hair on the back of your neck stand up and give you goosebumps and bring you almost to the edge of tears, um, and that's that's what the purpose of that is. It it is a reflection of our past. Um, I'm honored that they asked me to come and, and, and be part of that. I was part of it before, and then with they changed and they wanted to bring some other guys in, and, and you know it, it's it's just an honor that they said, hey, let's let's bring back some of the old guard, and and I think I think Brent had a little bit of uh, nudging, you know, uh, approvals to do that, and I appreciate that very much. Um, but, you know, to me, it, it's just any part that I can play to not only support our, our university from, you know, from an academic standpoint um, and from an athletic standpoint. I mean, I love talking to, you know, the, the recruits. I had a chance to visit with uh, a couple of recruits you um, um, uh, that Patty Gaskell had that on the field last last week, and I got a chance to visit with them and their parents. Um, and I know it's a major decision in choosing a, a program, but man, I, I don't know many programs that have the arms as long and wide that Oklahoma has that brings in uh, our athletic um, students and you know the academic students and cares for them. Um, and I think that's important for the parents because they know if they're gonna let let, let their, their babies go, they wanna know that they're going to a place that they can call home. Not only in the four years that they're there, but the forty years after and we want them we want them to come back and be part of our program. So that's that to me is kind of the essence of University of Oklahoma. And just me having that small little part of it, you know just it just makes me feel very good and humbled inside. Well, I
2: know it sure appreciated uh myself and all the alum and all of the fans. It's it's an honor. It's uh it's always been so much fun, and we appreciate you stopping by the show, man. Thanks, Brian. It's going to be an awesome day tomorrow.
1: I hope so, Boomer.
3: <laughs> there you, there go. you go. Ah, in the presence of greatness. It's awesome, on right? OU, Texas Friday. Nah, it's 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 cool, man. Like, and I I meant that. The intro video really is a sacred thing for this fan base. They <laughs> no. expect. They expect a big-time scene setter. They expect a big-time intro video. And most schools maybe will have a cool intro video. Maybe. Kansas State was running 1980s intro videos for about 20 years at some point. But OU fans want to feel. They want to feel before kickoff. You better make me feel with the intro video. You better make me feel with the scene setter before the game. I want all the emotions leading into kickoff. So the, the whole team there does a great job. But Boz is knocked out of the park. This well, year, man. yeah, it's been great.
2: He's right. The creative, you know, because the two twelve thing that Venables has been preaching, uh, and you know, taking that extra degree to go from Brian to the Boz, and like, it's just, it's been a really, really cool thing, and they've been building on it week by week. All right, quick timeout. We're at the Omni in Dallas. This is your headquarters. OU alumni's here. Tons of fans starting to show up. Stop by, hang out with us, have a beverage. It's going to be a good time quick timeout we'll hit some text message and stuff on the other side we'll be back football friday OEC see
3: football friday live on the ref boy i am echoing right now i don't know what's going on with us here am i echoing in your headset or is that just me
2: no it's both of us that's a button back in studio they need to punch
3: <laughs> okay Well, I am on uh, double T-shirt duty. I'll get your T-shirt in just one second. Um, Boy, this echo is a killer right now, so we'll just have to manage this for a few minutes. Um, Okay, man, still nationally, everyone's picking Texas to win this game. I haven't seen anyone nationally pick OU to win this game. And, in fact, when I opened up ESPN earlier today, it was essentially, is Texas going to blow out Oklahoma Here, I'm going to show it to you so I know I'm not lying. Could Texas blow out Oklahoma in Red River rivalry? That was on the front page.
2: Well, sure they could. I don't think they will. I mean, I think Oklahoma could blow out Texas as well. Um, I don't don't expect either of those scenarios to unfold, but you never know what's going to happen in this game. I, I expect it to be close, fairly low scoring, but... You never know what you're going to get. I mean, all it takes is a couple of mistakes, uh, a hit on a few big, big plays, and then all of a sudden you've blown the game open. But, you know, like we saw in 21, you can climb out of a hole as well. So, yeah, they can. I don't expect them to. Colin Claremore
3: says, Is this the juice I needed from Baker heading into tomorrow? And I guess he was on with McAfee today. And he basically said, the crotch grab, is that bad? Is that frowned upon? <laughs> and then he was asked on McAfee if Lincoln Riley only cares about offense. Okay. quote. I guess the main point is he tries to score more points than everybody, but he doesn't make it easy on himself, end quotes.
2: Hmm. Well, I guess that's true. I mean, the, the goal is to score more than the other team. And you can do that with only offense, but it sure helps to be a balanced team. Um, And that's what's great about this game today is I think we're going to see two pretty balanced teams.
3: Uh, Brad and Bartlesville, there's only going to be one person nationally that will pick OU. And that's Baker on college game day. Oh, the OU side of the Cotton Bowl is going to go nuts tomorrow when he picks OU. I agree.
2: Now, let's go to break. Because I refuse to do yeah, radio this is, like this. <laughs> this is <so> awful. This is horrible. we got to figure out what this problem is. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hanging out to Omni in Dallas if you're in town. Come hang out. Bunch of Sooner fans here.
0: The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510.
3: OEC Football Friday, live on the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We are at the Omni in downtown Dallas. Yeah, he guessed it. Getting you ready for OU Texas tomorrow. The spread still at 5.5. Mm. Dropped a point yesterday. Texas was a 6.5-point favorite virtually all week long. Down to Texas minus 5.5, and, and about 79% of the money is on Texas right now. So slowly but surely, more money has come in on OU. Uh, we've evaluated that line, probably way too uh, intense this week, but there's that if it makes you feel better.
2: I, I think it's a fair line. Um, I I expected it to drop down and, and get a little bit closer, and I guess it still could, but um, I, I doubt you'll see a dramatic swing. I did think it was interesting that when I was driving in, I guess I really wasn't driving. It was more of a parking lot, and I was inching in. Oh. As as we were inching in, I heard you and uh, Parker Thune, and Parker believes Sarkeesian that uh, Sanders is good to go. And I I guess that could be the case. I don't know. It just seems like a – maybe the injury just looked way worse than it ended up being, perhaps. I don't know. I – I
3: think, like, it, it depends on what you believe by good to go with which, which Jatavian Sanders. Good to right. go to play tomorrow and give it a go. Yeah, I would agree with that. Good to go, like, 100%, and he's going to be a full participant in this game. I'm just not I, – I just heard from a couple of Texas people that he's not 100% or yeah. necessarily close to us. So that's just kind of where, where I'm at today.
2: Yeah. But I, I think that is – to me, that is that is a massive swing in like that's a point spread mover in my opinion. Like, he, he it's different. He's different. Like if if Worthy was down or in the same position injury wise, we didn't know what to expect from him. I I don't think that I yeah. would be as likely to to swing one way or the other based off on uh, his availability. But Sanders is different. Because he's he's a unique matchup. He's an explosive matchup. The way that they scheme him in the offense is very creative. You know, he's a part of their run game as well. Even though I don't think he's a great blocker, um, he is still a, a heavy piece of their run game and they're blocking out the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, I I believe that to be he's a top
3: five player in my opinion. Outside the two quarterbacks being hurt or not available in terms yeah. of point uh, point spread movement, I think you're talking about a guy like Stutzman. You're talking about a guy like Jatavian Sanders. Um, maybe he's <laughs> closer to the top three in terms of guys that can move the line if he's unavailable than the, the back end of that top five. No, I, I totally well, agree
2: with that. I, and here's the, here's the way I look at it. You know, if you want to give Texas the slight edge or some people may even want to give Texas a, um, a large edge, uh, this evens it out quite a bit because it's not just Sanders – it's also why am I drawing a blank on the defensive back? That's oh out. Ryan Watts, uh, Watts bigger a senior. deal than
3: we've talked about this week yeah. potentially.
2: He's a senior in that secondary. Our most dangerous attack against Texas is going to be the passing game. They're replacing him with a freshman. Now, they've got capable young players, just like we have capable young players. But you know, it, that could be that could end up being just as big, or perhaps even a bigger factor than Sanders being limited or possibly out.
3: So Bob versus Mack was such a big part of this rivalry Mm -hmm. for so long. I asked one of my Texas buddies this week, like, hey, what's the feeling on Sark? And he gave the line, all gas, no breaks. And he he, he wasn't trying to be corny or cliche. He's like, it's all gas, no breaks. That's just kind of how everyone feels right now. Everyone's excited, especially after that Bama win, recruiting. Listed all the reasons. I do feel like this could be... The long-term coaching rivalry that we've been looking for mm-hmm. in this series since Bob and Mac were coaching in this game, yeah, gets. I, I definitely had the feeling that Brent's going to be here for a while. Um, I get the feeling that Sark could be at Texas for a while too. Maybe it's not as epic as Bob versus Mac, but it's maybe the next closest thing that we've had since then.
2: Well, if future OU Texas uh, Texas games have the. Uh, build up and the uh, importance of this one that really that's what that's what bringing brings on that that big rivalry right with just the the teams of course but then a, against the the coaching staffs if both teams are top five top 10 year in year out that's whenever it gets really really tense uh, you could just tell I mean we've had this game is always incredible. Don't get me wrong, but there's more of an edge on it this year than there's been in a while, right?
3: I think 2008 was the last time. Nervousness, so.
2: anxiousness coming into it.
3: it. It feels like this one, not only does it feel big for tomorrow or for the rest of the season, but, like, for the trajectory of the two programs. You're Retreat. trying to, you know, like, uh, you know, th- th- this is valid, what OU's doing if they win tomorrow. And you just haven't had that feel in a long time. To, to the point
2: but that's true I mean it is and it's not just validation for for the fans to say that we're on the right track like this is reassuring we are we're moving in the proper direction it's also validation to all the people out there that have said it's a disaster that said Oklahoma's done said that Oklahoma's the next Nebraska uh, going to the SEC is going to be a, a disaster for this program I, all of those, it's also validation for all the naysayers out there, and there's a bunch. So, And, and that being said, for both Texas and Oklahoma, I, if you lose this game, it doesn't mean that you're not on the right path and you're not doing things the right way and you're not ready for the SEC because I think both teams, frankly, are in a really good position going to that conference right now. And this really isn't an elimination game for who's going to be ready next year.
3: The Jag says little nervous about Gavin Freeman returning punts against Texas. He's been a bit reckless, although he could break one. What do y'all think, Boomer. I'm uh, I'm not worried about Gavin Freeman returning punts. Um, a bit reckless. He had that punt hit off his shoulder pad. Was that in the SMU S- game? Cincinnati. Cincinnati game. Well, I thought it happened in a home game. Uh, earlier this year as well i thought it happened
2: in a road game so maybe it happened your memory's probably better than mine i just remember it hit off he was nice and patient went back there waited for the hop to kick up to him uh maybe that was at home i I think
3: okay so i think at home one hit off a shoulder pad and maybe on the road at cincinnati he didn't feel the punt and it ended up taking about 15 yards uh inside the 20 yard line something like that maybe maybe that was it but no, I, I I'm not I'm not nervous about Gavin Freeman returning punts in this game, but that's just me.
2: I'm not nervous until I, until the ball's uh, you know in the air. I'm always nervous when the ball's in the air. Um, I that's the type of play though. Oh, we stopped him on third down. I'm going to jump up and go to the restroom, and a muffed punt. I to me, and I've been saying this all week. This game is close enough to where I fully, one hundred percent believe that it is going to be decided by a special teams play or mistake.
3: Does that make you feel better or worse about this game? Because it makes me feel better if it's going to come down to special teams. I mean, I guess it depends what part of special teams. Because OU's got a weakness there, but overall, I think they're better at special teams. Makes me feel good.
2: I feel I feel all right about it. You know, I think we're in a good spot with our field goal kicker, we've got to be better punting the football, which, you know, to me, that's that's like the easiest issue to fix, right? Like when you're a field goal kicker and you start to miss and that gets in your head, that can be hard to ever get back on the rails. You know, your punt coverage and kickoff coverage, like you can get that going. Your your punt return guy, you know, as long as he hadn't muffed a couple, and I, I feel like we have good confidence in that spot right now, think you're good uh, punning to me you know you hit a couple of bad ones just relax put your foot on the ball no big deal they are not coming after it
3: Vinny Paul says Teddy's prediction about Brent winning a championship within three years was showing up on Twitter again got me thinking about how imperative it is to capture momentum early have we evaluated how important a win is for each program
2: good, uh a good little to bit here from Vinny Paul by the way uh one of my famous uh favorite drummers of all time for Pantera <laughs> appreciate you Vinny.
3: Did he spell it P-A-W-L like this Vinny does?
2: Paul. No, I don't think he spelled Vinny the same way either. But um, what was the question again?
3: Well, what we just talked about two minutes ago, like have we stressed the importance of capturing early momentum? Because in that three-year prediction that you gave about Brent winning a title here, we talked about how, you know, most instances it kind of has to happen fast. It has to happen in year two. We got a lot of year two examples across college football. We don't need to run it down, but I, I like I, I can see that point quite a bit because it does feel like, and I know Dabo's kind of the ex- exception there at Clemson, but normally it's a quick run up to the top. And here we are, mm-hmm. year two, and he needs that he needs that program, you know, big time win.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't think it necessarily has to happen this year. It just so happens that we are really ascending as a football team we've got some good senior upper class leadership we've got some good young players that are contributing and the most important thing overall is i think it's the most gettable it's been in a long time across the country georgia's still really good okay i think kentucky's going to beat them this weekend but you know it's they're going to be a favorite they're like a 14 something point favorite in that game and and rightfully so two-time running champ here but they've got a new quarterback in things haven't just seemed as as perfect as they've been the last two years Alabama obviously their struggles have been well documented Uh, there's just way more contenders for it and I just don't know how good the best team in the country is compared to years past
3: I've been, I've just been waiting for a team. We've had five weeks so far,
2: and there's still plenty of time. There's
3: still plenty of time, but it just. When is someone really going to emerge well, and, and flex? And, and maybe Michigan's been doing that. We haven't paid attention to it, but they looked style, pretty good last week at Nebraska. They did.
2: Their style makes it hard for them to really. Like you, you almost never look at any of their box scores, and you're just like, oh my god, Michigan's unbelievable, but I. I say I think Kentucky's going to beat Georgia, but this may be the the weekend when Georgia's finally tested, right? Kentucky's coming off of that big big win over Florida where finally someone's got their attention and they come out and they just stomp Kentucky. Like, that is totally reasonable. And then we're like, okay, yeah, Georgia's still Georgia.
3: Um, By the way, the Friday feel for me that you didn't ask for my early week feel in this game was thirty twenty seven OU. Um, my score's different today.
2: Oh, really? Yeah.
3: Score is different today on Friday than what it was on Monday or midweek. Are you
2: going to divulge that already in the show, or were you we hanging on to that for a little bit?
3: Oh, we can overanalyze it for two hours if you like. No, I yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. Yeah. I I moved my score down,
2: down. Really?
3: Yeah, my final score was already uh, the underwood hit. I, I think it's going to be lower scoring than 30-27. I think OU's going to win this game 23-20. 23-20. And, and, and why I settled on 20 for Texas is I, I know they're field- – You're
2: stealing my field goal game.
3: Yeah, exactly, because they're not great in the red zone offensively, or at least they've had some struggles here. I think they're going to have to settle for a couple of field goals. So, But
2: that's why I picked, what, 2017?
3: Uh, I don't know if that's why you picked 2017, but that's why I'm picking 23-20. So that's where I'm at. Hmm.
2: hmm. Well, I, oh, let me say this. The reasoning behind that scoring prediction is it's genius. brilliant. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's
3: 23 20. OU's going to win this game tomorrow?
2: You know It's going to be epic. I I'm sensing a lower scoring game for multiple reasons. We've got the two best defenses that have played in this game in a long time. Um It's the best Texas offense that has been in this game in a long time it's not the best Oklahoma offense that's been in this game in a long time but because of the magnitude of the game I feel like and, and this is probably one of those stupid predictions that first play of the game is going to come crashing down but I feel like these coaching staffs are just going to kind of dip their toe in the water to start this game off, right? It's like you like know,
3: it's like an old Super Bowl when you used to hear, "Oh, the first quarter is all about feeling each other out a little bit, exactly. feeling each other out, then late mid-second quarter they start to make their move a little bit." That's
2: what it kind of feels like to me. Now, like I said, that could be wrong and I Knowing Levy's style, it wouldn't surprise me if he puts the Thompson kid out on the edge and says, let's just make sure you guys can cover this speed yeah. on the first play of the game. You know, I, I I do think that some of that stuff is possible. But because of the magnitude, I feel like it's going to be a really slow starting football Maybe. game. I
3: wouldn't hate if OU just goes bombs away from the very first drive. I wouldn't you hate know, that. You know, like test their corners early on, test their sure. safeties down the field. Sure. I uh would not hate that one bit. Uh, nope. We're at the Omni downtown, by the way. I, I know that Drew and Flower Mound said he's going to come over and have a couple drinks. He's asking where the best place to park is. Do you park on that parking garage here? Yeah. On what, what is is that the south side? I'm all turned around here. I don't know what side It's that on is. the back side. It's on the back side, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's on the back side of the Omni. Yeah, it's I, that's where I park. Valet is popping, so no telling how long it's going to take you there. But swing in, have a nice cold beverage with us, just hanging out here in the lobby. A bunch of people making their way in. I don't know, ten to 1, 20 to one. Sooner fans to Longhorn well, fans. Well, it's see actually a couple of them every now. It's, and then. it's
3: actually like ninety-eight percent OU fans. But I got, got a little uh, riled up earlier during Locked In because yeah. these these dork Texas fans are coming by. Ah, Forty-nine, the baby. Remember, <laughs> I mean they're just so loud, obnoxious, and they really represented how they've acted throughout this week and really how they act every day in their existence as a fan base just everyone's cool calm here you know just having a good time these guys come rolling through here loud obnoxious and then they get on a lime scooter and oh, make their nice. way out and there's nothing wrong with lime scooters but you know if you're gonna come here act tough talk trash and you go going on a lime sc- scooter
2: door <laughs> <laughs> all right quick timeout. we'll come back and we'll wrap up our number one stay tuned
3: Cavens Group bringing you this hour of the rush on an OEC football Friday, OU Texas Friday. Cavens Group, if you have an emergency repair with your home or your office building, CavensGroup.com. Throw to set up the run tomorrow? Could that be a possibility early on?
2: Going to have to be. Yeah? Going to have to be. Um, well, I, I think we just got to hit – just got to be multiple in everything. we got to have quarterback run game going. We've got to be, uh, you know, getting the bubble screen game going – Obviously, testing things deep, but you can't win this game without establishing some type of traditional run. You just have to do it. I mean, the statistics in this matchup have have been the same for a really long time. Whoever runs the football the best wins the football And it's
3: time for this team, and I'm not saying that they're 0 for 5 on this, but if this team wants to make a playoff and really wants to push for something special, it needs to be the more physical team in a game like this. I know Texas is good, but tomorrow is a great time to assert yourself as the more dominant team up front. I think
2: it's going to be a physical football game. I really do. All right. Quick timeout. That's it for hour number one, two more
1: hours here from the Omni in Dallas. If you're in town, stop in, have a cold beverage and say hello. We'll be here all day.